Dale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another fine, fantastic Friday morning, friends. It's a frosty morning. Had a lot of snow this morning. A uh, a, <laughs> a spectacular surprise to wake up and see six inches of wet, heavy snow. Uh, makes it look like a winter wonderland out there, even though I personally am uh, starting to get that, that spring fever itch. So, friends, today's Torch Report 321, the assault on free speech. I believe there is no greater threat to democracy than the government silencing citizens. It's actually a threat to humanity. That's the reality. But it's it should be pitched as a threat to democracy, the threat. Uh, I'm sorry, the assault on free speech is a threat to democracy because that's how uh, liberals, progressives, Democrats are going to resonate with that. And this is something we should be able to find a lot of allies on if we just kind of think about it. We think about uh, how to present this and communicate this. It's not, this is not no good for anyone to have the government censoring free speech and silencing citizens at will without anybody knowing about it. So when we find ourselves in a situation where the weaponized government agencies can begin to covertly censor the flow of information, secretly censor counter-narrative perspectives, and strategically target their political opponents, we only have a very narrow window of opportunity to address the issue. Because it's really setting the stage up for uh, you know, heinous crimes against humanity. Out, you know, This is full-fledged tyranny. And with a little help from the nimble public-private partnerships, it's quickly going to blossom into outright oppression. And what happens next is unthinkable. Of course, nobody will think about it because they'll never know. Because the news was censored about people getting rounded up and re-educated. You see what I'm saying here? What we are witnessing right now is, is major. There is no question whether or not it's happening. Right there, there's ample evidence to confirm the suspicion that such activities, you know, this government censorship has been going on. It's been taking place for years. There's evidence that this has already interfered and uh, interfered with and captured our natu- national elections, directed the outcome of the last election, perhaps more than that. Now, those who are doing these things behind the scenes, they knew they were breaking the law, obviously violating the First Amendment rights of free speech. But that's they're, they're violating basic human rights. But they did it anyway because in their minds, the ends justify the means. They knew it was wrong, but they did it anyway. And they did it because they believe they can get away with it. And just because they got caught, friends, don't, don't make the mistake of thinking they're going to stop. No, no. You know, they're just going to adjust their strategy. They're going to figure out a way to, to do this uh, in, in a way that people buy into, we need to get some support. We need to build consensus around the idea of keeping people safe from violent hate speech. That's what's going on. Uh, and of course, what's most disturbing about all this to me is that they, they, they believe they have this moral imperative to censor public discourse and front shut down free speech in order to keep people safe from misinformation. They believe it, friends. They hold this belief with religious conviction, and that's it's just disturbing. They're not going to stop uh, to make matters worse. There are millions of Americans who are cheering them on. Right. Millions of useful idiots who don't seem to comprehend the dire threat of this particularly pernicious form of government oppression. If they can oppress what you can say, oh, friends, uh, you know, bad days are, are not far away. They fail. I think a lot of people fail, I should say, to see how this leads directly to an inescapable tyranny. 
Once the system of government censorship is in place, we're talking, I mean, this is Orwellian, right? 1984 and all that, George Orwell, but it leads directly to inescapable tyranny. You can't get out of it because there's there's no way to protest it because they don't allow the protesting of it. And anybody that does protest gets you know rounded up and hauled off for re-education. But it doesn't come out in the news. There is no more national debate. Okay? People who buy into this idea that we got to keep people safe from misinformation, they're too short-sighted to realize that what they don't know is actually the greatest threat to their precious illusion of safety, you know, peace and stability and democracy. The greatest threat is what they don't know. And they'll never know it if they're cheering for the government to censor it. That's, you know, I feel like we should, uh, you know, we should be having these conversations. While it's easy to lament these morons and almost feel sorry for them, it, you know, it would be wiser for us to realize this is a conditioned state. This passive acceptance of government control, of tyranny, you know, all the alarming support for state censorship, it's actually being driven by the globalist agenda. It's being driven by the adaptation agenda. It's being driven by behavioral change. In other words, it's not by accident. This is not just spontaneously happening that people are accepting that liberals are championing state censorship. That's not by accident. You know, the public is intentionally being driven to fear free speech in order to justify censorship at the global level as determined by the global cabal. We're going to get into some of uh, uh, some some links that kind of explain that here in a little bit. But what needs to be, you know, made clear is that global level censorship is necessary. It's a necessary step in order to provide cover for the heinous crimes against humanity that are about to unfold. Again, reducing the human population, uh, you know, shuffling everybody into an inescapable global socialist state. That's what's happening under the auspice of uh, UN Sustainable Development Goals, Agenda 2030, et cetera, uh, to keep people safe. And all of that implies a lot of bad things. But, you know, there's going to be, the way it's going to unfold my, my, my prediction here is the way it's going to unfold is there's a unifying story that's going to get told. It's going to get told over and over repeatedly all around the world. The story is going to be all about how the global leaders stepped in to save the day, to save the planet, to keep people safe from all the right wing extremists who were a perpetual threat to per- peace and stability. You know, they got to keep people safe from all these violent domestic terrorists who are trying to overthrow democracy and all of that. That's the story that's going to be told. That theme is already being weaved into the very fabric of society. The seeds are being sown. So it should come as no surprise that the majority of people are going to believe this story because they've heard it so many times before. And of course, you know, just to point out the obvious It doesn't really matter whether or not the story is true, right? It doesn't matter, in fact, if the story was exactly the opposite of the truth. These so-called right-wing extremists, you know, maybe they were actually fighting for freedom. Maybe they were actually sacrificing their lives to protect humanity from the pure evil of global tyranny. That's not the story that's told, but that's maybe the truth of the matter. But... All that really matters in the minds of the masses, as it stands, is the story. The story. Now, the story is, uh, is, is the story that most often gets told to the most people. The story is sacred because it is the very basis of personal beliefs. The story is the source of one's pride and sense of identity. The story is also the source of national pride and identity, friends. The story in Ukraine 
of all the brave freedom fighters fighting for democracy in the face of daunting odds, that story, I think, is a perfect example of the story. The story is unassailable. The story is sacred. The story is truth in the minds of those who have heard the story so many times that they've accepted it. It really doesn't matter if there are other stories out there because this is the story, the story. You know, the story is on par with the science and on par with the experts. But the story, friends, the story is even more powerful than the science and the experts because the story is how both the science and the experts, they get sold to the public. People buy into the science. They buy into the experts because of the story. The story is what makes people believe. The story is what makes people trust. And friends, trust we must. Now, I know I say resist we must often. So when I say trust we must, hmm, excuse me, I feel like I need to, uh, I need to drop a little disclaimer here. When I say trust we must, I say that knowing full well that uh, it might seem like a curveball. Like, Luke, where the hell are you coming from on this one? And here's where I'm coming from. Friends, we're hardwired to trust. We absolutely must trust. Trust we must, you know. If we didn't trust, we would all go insane. You know, we must trust, for example, that our favorite chair is going to hold our weight or that our car is going to get us to where we need to go, that we're going to get home safely and that our house is going to be standing when we get back. You know, we must trust our loved ones uh, that, that they're looking out for us. We must trust the teams that we work with. We must trust the leaders who have stood by their word. You see, not trusting friends, that, that that's simply impossible. It's not possible not to trust at all, practically speaking. If we were su- suspicious of every little thing, if we never trusted anyone, we would lose our minds trying to prove that everyone was out to get us, trying to protect ourselves from the perceived threat of untrusty, uh, untrustworthy individuals. You know, it, it, anything and everything that seemed untrustworthy, always suspicious, we're going to be consumed by this perceived threat. And yet, most of the time, most people are good and, and most, you know, the chair usually works, the car usually runs, the house is usually there when we get back. So we can trust and trust is a must. It is natural. Trust is good. And it's something that we should all seek to build in our lives. Trust is built on integrity and keeping your word and building your reputation and all that kind of stuff. It takes time, but build trust, right? Now, all that said, friends, obviously, obviously we should not trust everyone. And that's kind of a no brainer, but it does come to bear on this topic today, you know, this assault on free speech, it comes to bear on the topics like uh, the Trusted News Initiative. Now, it's ironic that they call it the Trusted News Initiative, but these are the most uh, un, um, un <laughs> what is it word? untrustworthy sources most often are the ones in the Trusted News Initiative. But this Trusted News Initiative is just one of many globally coordinated efforts to exploit the natural need for people to trust. People need to trust. And when people are confused and scared, who do they trust? They trust the government. They trust the trusted news initiative. Or friends, more accurately, they trust whomever is going to promise to keep them safe. Hey, we'll keep you safe. Just trust us. Oh, okay. Sounds good. You know, let me give you all of my, uh, forfeit all my freedom and all of my sovereignty so you can keep me safe. I'll trust you, you know. Now, obviously, uh, The majority of people have been conditioned to trust the government. They trust the cunning deceit of statements like, I'm from the government and I'm here to help, which used to be the most, you know, dangerous words. But they're, they're, 
they're the words that people trust now. And with that in mind, I'm from the government. I'm here to help. I want to I want to share some uh, some links here in the report today, friends. I want to connect some dots because it has been confirmed that the Department of Defense paid far left, uh, no, far left NGO. It's called NewsGuard. They paid them almost a million dollars to continue their censorship of conservative media. This is out in the news today. Bl- uh, Democrats, meanwhile, they're blasting the uh, so-called journalists that are exposing all of this state-sponsored thought policing. And the weaponization subcommittee, that's a government subcommittee. The link in there is to the government source. Uh, they're, they're sparring over the Twitter files, and the, there's hearings on the weaponization of the federal government uh, at, as a whole. And all of this is uh, it's going on, but it seems like a lot of people are not paying attention to it. Does any of that sound important to you? Friends, it should, and it probably does. Being the astute listening audience here with the Torch Report, you know, the, the U.S. government, in a nutshell, has been caught red-handed funneling money through global NGOs to f- censor free speech, to to trample the first uh, the First Amendment right to free speech and interfere with American elections. And obviously, that's kind of a big deal. But what's remarkable to me about all of these hearings, about the Twitter files, about the weaponization of the federal government in general, you know, what's remarkable to me is that people still seem surprised to be learning about all of this, or they just don't seem to care. You know, equally remarkable is the undeniable cognitive dissonance being displayed by the progressive politicians. If you watch these hearings, it's it's amazing. They refuse to accept the reality of the situation. They are rejecting the evidence that's sitting right in front of them in favor of the story that they've been conditioned to believe. And of course, their moronic minions will no doubt follow suit. But here's the thing. Friends, this is not only an issue of what they have done, which these hearings are about. Look what they've did. It's 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 the issue of what they have proven they can do. Like I would have the capacity to do these things without anybody knowing about it. But more importantly, they are currently planning to do it in the future. It's important to understand that the this is the framework. This idea that the the government has the responsibility to protect people from free speech. Now, that's the framework. It's already in place. And these techniques at using algorithmic social interventions, you know, sentinel surveillance, we've talked a lot about that. You know, these techniques have already been perfected. And I believe that is why all of this is coming to light right now. You know, the, the, partly it's coming to light because it's a speed bump and they're going to try to get over the speed bump early enough in the election cycle. So that's part of it. And then partly to formalize their plans to legitimize state censorship ahead of the next elections. And that's something uh, that everybody needs to be <laughs> concerned about. That's a major, major issue. But again, just to zoom out, you know, the push for this is happening at the global level. And just to prove that point, friends, please consider these initiatives are being directed by the global cabal under the guise of the WEF's Digital Trust Initiative. The Digital Trust Initiative. Uh, uh, some, some links there in the report. The Earning Digital Trust Decision-Making for Trustworthy Technologies. Uh, that was actually published in, in November of 2022. Uh, shortly thereafter, the U.S. announced its cybersecurity strategy, and there's an article in there that shows you everything you need to know. And then a few months later, then the U.S. National Cybersecurity Strategy of 2023 was released. And I just want to point out the sequence of events. First, 
the globalists started losing their grip on the narrative. Second, they launched an initiative to build digital trust. You know, third, they promoted this plan for state censorship in Davos. Fourth, the U.S. announces its plans to fall in line. And fifth, voila, now we have a new national cybersecurity strategy that will keep people safe online. You know, it's going to keep people safe from the misinformation, the disinformation, and any information that might disturb the uh, state-sanctioned narrative. So there's a little excerpt coming from the U.S. national cybersecurity strategy, and I read, quote, Combining organizational collaboration and technology-enabled connectivity will create a trust-based network of networks that builds situational awareness and drives collective and synchronized action among the cyber defenders that protect our critical infrastructure. Wow, it sounds great. How are they going to do it? I don't know. How are they going to do it? Well, they're going to do it by using collaborative nodes that fuse together whole-of-government capabilities to ensure that no mis-, dis-, or malinformation makes its way into the minds of the masses, friends. That's what they're going to do. You start to pay attention to the, the language there. You know, it's, it's, it's collective. It's synchronized. It's trust-based. It's the network of networks. It's critical. You know, we got to do this. Collaborative nodes that fuse together whole-of-government capabilities to censor free speech. That's what it's all about. It'll keep people safe. You know, that's... Ah, friends, it is what it is. That's what's out there, okay? So I'm not making that up. That's there. That's their plan. They are building trust-based network of a trust-based network of networks that is guaranteed to keep people safe from any information the government doesn't want them to know. You know, of course, this should be a boon for the liberals in the upcoming elections. And, uh, you know, they're not going to have to deal with any more MAGA misinformation interfering with the mental manipulation of the American public. You know, our elections will finally be safe and secure, just like they promised. If they could just implement this whole of government collaborative fusion of trust based collective synchronized effort to shut down political dissent, you know, uh, it's going to be again, it's going to be a boon. You know, the, the <laughs> you know, the reason that people think our elections are not safe and secure, friends, the only reason that anybody thinks that is because of the dangerous disinformation that's being distributed by the radical right wing extremists. That's why we have this this all of these, you know, these initiatives. That's why we have all these these great stalwart protectors of truth going behind the scenes to collaborate with the FBI and the CIA and Twitter and all of that and Google and Facebook to censor the free speech because they're keeping people safe. Now, just to point out, friends, you know, once they have all of the pieces in place, there's not going to be any place for these extremists to hide. Their dangerous disinformation will never again disturb the public public peace. It'll they'll never again see the light of day. Political dissent will never again see the light of day. You know, and what's going to happen in time? is all of these violent, racist, domestic, right-wing extremists are going to simply disappear. And nobody will ever notice. Because that's not part of the story, friends. But let me tell you this. It's not too late to rewrite how this story ends. Though we are, in fact, running out of time, friends. But we can still rewrite the end of this story the good old-fashioned American way. Friends, that is the message of my heart for today. If you are enjoying the podcast, please take the time to find that little heart and click that heart and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And, all, of course, above all else, the greatest owner of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Friends, get out there and embrace this fine, fabulous, fantastic Friday. Have a wonderful weekend, and I will look forward to talking to you again soon.